Hey everybody, Code Pen Radio here, episode number 315. We're going to be talking about support and some specifically that it's been, you know, slow clap, a bit of a success story. I'd say a huge success story at Code Pen over the last year. Amazing. So, Marie, you're our your head support person. You're much more than that, but 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 welcome. Hey, hey thanks for joining me back on the show. Yeah, it was I remember I don't know if it was a year ago even, but something about that where we were definitely having conversations where you were being not shy about saying there's more support than I can do in a day. Mm-hmm. It's is a full-time job plus, so that's whatever you want to make of that, that's it. Like I'm going to just do support all day and then I'm going to come in tomorrow and <laughs> do what I didn't get done yesterday. Kind of that was the kind of the situation for support we were in, which felt bad, but also like, well, isn't that just what, like, it didn't feel bad because it was like, well, that's because we have a lot of users. Mm-hmm. There's like a yeah. crap load of users on CodePen. So when you grow, support grows and that's just the nature of the world. So it didn't, I wasn't yet feeling bad about it other than, you know, for your own stress and mental health. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, you know, it's funny because yeah, we thought it is basically an inevitability of, of, support volume that as your volume of users grows and you know as you have more subscribers you will simply have more support and there's no stopping that that's just how it is you know we kind of all we kind of all just figured that was what the case was so we didn't really critically drill down into support right then you know but i mean we have since but but at the time we were just like okay this is just how it is we're just going to have to figure out a way to deal with this. And, you know, so we talked about, you know, changing, you know, even changing like what my responsibilities were to make sure that we were able to fit all this in and also fit in everything else that I was doing. So. Because traditionally it's been like your support lead, but it's, it's, there's been enough gap time in the day that it like wasn't. And, and especially now I'm glad we did that. If that's the if that was absolutely your only responsibility was just answering emails only exclusively at CodePen, you'd be bored. Like there's not enough of that, I don't think. You know, and I know that everybody does because we do support too. And on a support day, I'm doing support, but I'm doing lots of other crap too. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, in part because, and I guess this it's is gotten a lot better. A spoiler yeah. here for the rest of the show, but uh, because we have really, really, really done a lot of work to reduce the support volume and keep helping people. So um, we've had we've had a lot of success over the past year in creating a situation where we don't have as many tickets coming in because not nearly as many things are going wrong. <laughs> you wouldn't believe. Yeah, that's the real trick to this, yeah. believe it or not, people, <laughs> is you fix the thing that they're writing in about and then they don't write in about it. Exactly. If you take care of the problems then you don't hear about problems. It seems <laughs> <laughs> tremendously obvious, but... I know, it's weird. It's out there. <laughs> little, little esoteric idea of fixing your bugs so you don't have to hear about them anymore, you know? We do get weird tickets, because we'll get tickets uh, that are like, yeah. you know, how does HTML work or whatever, and we we can't, you know, do anything about that. And that probably will scale kind of linearly with the amount of users we have because that's just the nature of the world. Well, so actually I can, I can point out where we change, where we changed that, you know, we, we had a real problem 
where the scope of our support wasn't clear. And people would write in uh, basically with like, teach me how to code questions, which that's not, you know, that's not uh, part of what we do at CodePen. What we do is, you know, CodePen is the editor. So, you know, we're not going to show you how to code, just like how Google Docs is not going to show you how to compose an essay or something like that. Um, So we, for a very long time, had on the support page a link that said, submit a help request. And so when we had that, we would have lots of folks take that to mean help with anything, you know? So uh, we would have people write in to ask us how to write code on their own website that had nothing to do with CodePen. It was just as if we were like the general help desk for for front-end code on the web. We changed that sentence, just that sentence that used to say submit a help request to submit a support ticket. And that really immediately cut down on the volume of of support Mm. tickets that we would get that were just general coding questions. So little tweaks like that and then big fixes like fixing major bugs or fixing, you know, things that are uh, UX problems, they all combine together. But like that's that's actually a really good example of like a small tweak that took care of a lot because we would get tons of code troubleshooting tickets and we would, you know, we would label them to kind of keep a keep a tally of how often we were getting tickets that were about code troubleshooting, specifically that, um, it immediately just plummeted as soon as we changed that one sentence just to help kind of manage expectations there. So, you know, things like that kind of give you, like get you thinking, like what else can we do to, you know, what are the little tweaks that we can do to just help people understand what we can do for them and find what they need uh, without needing to open a ticket? Oh, that's great. I don't know. You probably have a better number that to me, it feels like, you know, a year ago versus today, something like, I don't know, four X less tickets or something like a lot, a lot, a lot less. Oh yeah. Uh, We have significantly, significantly dropped the number of tickets that we're getting in. Like we have, you know, for the first three months of the year, we're down 30% from the three months before. So that's, that's a lot. And it is not, you know, we have had, I don't want to give away numbers, but we've had, you know, for example, two of the highest sign-up days uh, in our history in, inside that past three months. Um, right, you know. right. Somebody would be like, have you checked your signups? Because if your support <laughs> exactly. volume is that low, maybe you're in trouble. We're not in trouble. We, we keep breaking records right and left for signups, number of total users, pro signups, everything. Totally. That's, that's, a whole, that's a whole thing, too, because we were like, you know, last September, I noticed like we had really had a real drop in support volume. And I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, do we have a problem? Is the form not working? Or like, what is the problem here? And I'm like, oh, actually, <laughs> this is a sign of good things. This is a sign of progress. We have reduced support volume because we've fixed bugs. We've, you know, managed expectations and things are still going well. People are using the product and understanding the product and signing up for Pro. Now, another thing that we added into the mix here, which I do think has really helped um, with onboarding people and and uh, reducing support tickets, especially from brand new users, um, are the app queues flows that we added into the site. Um, and that's been that's been a little over a year now too. App queues, we have the the onboarding tour, which takes people through the first steps of CodePen. That has really eliminated um, uh, an entire class of support tickets, which are just you know, what do I do? <laughs> you know, like we would have people who would join and and we're like, okay, cool, this is cool, but like, how do I use this? Um, that is very uncommon now because we have the tour that takes people through. We also have um, the onboarding um, checklist, 
which takes people through different parts of their account so that they, they have access to uh, like the syntax highlighting changes and font changing, which is something that was a really common question from new folks. They would say like, how do I, you know, I want to change the, the color. I want to change the font. That's actually part of the onboarding now. Um, so we've really improved how we help people get started. And that has also reduced uh, the number of support tickets. Yeah, pretty great. So yeah, even our daily active users is just way up. So it's like, there's a lot of people, more people using this thing than ever before. And to have support be so low is, uh, is great. That means the people, there's this side effect, the people that do write in get taken care of super fast. Yeah. And that's an important metric for us because there's just some real satisfaction with that and lots of provable examples of that making people feel good about your product and not churning out and that type of thing. Yeah. And, and also, uh, part of that effort in terms of, you know, reducing the, the reply time has, has come from everyone in the team getting involved in support. You know, we've, we've had the support rotation where people take a Friday. Um, that's been going on for at this point, I think two years, uh, maybe even a little bit longer, but, um, that has everyone spend one week every, at this point, it's every seven weeks. Um, in the support seat where that's your job for the day. You're on the support desk and you're helping people out. Um, so everybody has experience with the support desk, but it's also not just limited to that particular day. Everybody helps out. Everybody pitches in. You know, I'll come in sometimes and Steven, you know, will have like released something and wants to make sure it went well. And he's in there just mowing down the tickets because he can. He knows how to do it, you know. So it's really nice to have a team that's all that's all good at it. You know, every single person on this team right now, I can trust to handle support tickets. I'm not going to worry that I'm going to come in and be like, whoa, <laughs> what did you say? You know, <laughs> like it, it's never, I'm, I'm never concerned about that. I know that the whole team, first of all, understands the product well enough to give support, um, understands front end development enough to say, okay, well, you know, to help troubleshoot where it's like, okay, this is not actually a bug on our end. You know, you need to take a look at your code. Or diagnose that it is a bug on our end and open a ticket for it. Um, and it also is just nice and able to communicate in writing in a way that is helpful to other people. So like every single person on the team is good at that. And that's something special. That's that's something really nice about this team is that we, we can all do it well. Um, so having the entire team get involved and, you know, that's that's everybody has been massively helpful in terms of making sure that we can keep these these ticket uh, reply times down because when it was just me, you know, that was difficult. Um, expanding it to the full team has really, has really made it possible to do this. This episode of Code Pen Radio is brought to you by Netlify, who are throwing a totally free conference coming up this May 26th. It's kind of like a half day or so Pacific time. It's 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. So hopefully that translates into your time zone pretty well. I hope it does. Uh, the URL for it is Headless Commerce Summit. Dot com. That's exactly what the conference is called, the Headless Commerce Summit. It's all about e-commerce, but done Jamstack style. You know, So if you want to learn how companies are doing that and why you would and the success that's possible there, this is the conference 
uh, for you, you know, those people from Netlify speaking like Cassidy Williams, there's, uh, 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 you know, somebody from Shopify there, Victoria Duggan, who will be talking about it. There's tangential stuff too. We got Matt Foyle from Algolia. Algolia is like a search company. So you can imagine on your uh, uh, Jamstack-powered e-commerce site, you need some kind of search solution, all e-commerce benefits from search. How do you do that? A solution like Algolia might be amazing for a site like that. Super fast search results, super relevant search results. Uh, the point is that e-commerce is growing just unprecedentedly fast and, and, and going headless with it might uh, increase, you know, the ability to, to, to iterate on a site like that. A critical business advantage, I might say. So go check it out. It's free anyway. The HeadlessCommerceSummit.com. looks like some something like almost 70% of tickets are under an hour mm-hmm. which is pretty cool but the average time is about an hour and 10 of course it's so close to an hour that that's in our sights we got to we got to break that hour barrier this time period the problem is that this doesn't allow us to exclude holidays um so this this incorporates some holidays and and uh, just general time off or like you know i you know i had a week off so that that's a tiny bit unfair to the team because when you look at the uh, it kind of is but there's little ones like this i i have one in my box now that was it was my fault basically but we just forgot to get back to him for like two days that's awful not i mean it whatever it's just one ticket i'm not like that sad about that particular interaction i don't think they were that mad or anything it was also like the world's least critical thing but a two-day ticket is gonna slaughter that metric right yeah and so that also happens uh one of the problems is we do have one one inbox for basically everything. So this also includes um, situations where it's like we receive an email from one of our service providers and it's like, here's an action item for you. And it's like, okay, it gets assigned to the person who needs to take action on it, but they don't necessarily have to reply unless they have a question, <laughs> you know? Oh, so, and then the second you do reply. Because yeah. I, I would think what's not factored in here is when we just never reply. That's like, then it's not a, it doesn't, it's not a ticket. Right. So just... not, so uh, Chris and I are looking at, uh, are looking at stats from Front, which is our uh, app that we use for managing our inbox. Uh, so that's what, that's the pie chart and stuff that we're talking about here. Um, but yeah, so when something is not replied to, that's recorded on another tab. Like we actually do see, you know, uh, things that never get a reply at all, things that are just archived unreplied to. And we do have a ton of that, unfortunately, because our inbox is almost like a catch all because we have, you know, that email address is out there, you know, every, and we also get a bunch of spam. It makes me think we should probably, we should probably not use it as liberally as we do for every, like, like our AppQ's account is just support at, you know, but like, why sh- we shouldn't have done that? We should make like vendors echo back. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. We we get a lot of stuff that is not actually a support ticket. It's just it's an email, and you can either reply to it or don't. You know, it's just nice in front because then it yeah. it just goes into that box and it can still get assigned and stuff. Like workflow wise, oh, workflow wise, it rules. The problem is when we're trying to look at like what's our average reply time. It's like wait a second. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah. But it's like it's like these numbers you know, they kind of matter, you know, like this is the, we care about this metric and you only, you only like fix what you measure, you know, there's some old adage, whatever, Mm -hmm. that's it. And so the number does matter. 
So it like I, it's not like I want to slaughter a workflow just for this, but I don't know that adding an additional email would make our workflow that much worse. And it might be worth it just to get more accurate data. Right, know? because th- this does, we do have a lot of noise in here. And if we were, the thing is, you know, if we were, if this was a big crew of support agents and we were like, you know, tying compensation or promotion or whatever to support response times or something, um, we would definitely need to clean this up because this is messy <laughs> when you think about it in that perspective. Uh, but it, this, it is, it is, yeah. this is a good shorthand for us to understand, to get just get like, you know, take the temperature of what's going on at the support desk. This definitely tells us because we can see a breakdown of, you know, team response time changes. So if people are taking longer to respond, we can kind of figure out what's going on there. Although a lot of the time when you see who it is who is taking longer to respond, you just right away know why. Like they're on vacation or something else, you know. Right. And some of it is whack. Like D like is killing it. 29 minutes? Come on, D. What's up with that? Yeah, that's (laughs) That's so fast. That's super fast. Yeah. So that's because D is, when D is on the support desk, D is super fast, you know? And so D had a support day in this rotation, this time period that we're looking at. And she was super fast on that day. And so her response time is just incredible, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I think we breezed over it maybe a little too fast that over this year where things got better, we said, oh, we fixed the things that were broken. We did, but we really fixed, we fixed the hell out of them. Yes. You know, like that was our main thrust of work, perhaps almost the whole year. Like if you look at, you know, CodePen's release history of the year, to us, it's like, yeah, we did some cool stuff, but like what's not on the list is like an absolute slaughtering of an incredible backlog of bugs mm-hmm. that we did on purpose. We called that project uh, No Broken Windows, the theory being that we're going to be focused on churn. And one of the reasons people churn is because there's just little broken crap of the site, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know, people leave areas with broken windows or whatever. There's some kind of metaphor involved. Oh, it's an old, old fashioned, uh, actually largely debunked policing uh yeah right that there's more crime in areas with broken windows you fix the broken window you fix the crime problem yeah yeah it does sound kind of like bullshit it's not true at all but (laughs) it did have a very very nice little shorthand and yeah we did fix those broken windows yeah all the way guess how many tickets are open now in github well you know because there's one there's (laughs) one and it's not i'm not even super convinced it's a bug you know yeah um, and we all like are aware, you know, we mention it all the time. This doesn't mean that there's nothing broken in CodePen, but, but is, but you know, we just got to wait and see, you know, and we, and it all, that's not, that's half of the story. The other half is that we track when our app throws bugs, like actual errors that we can track too. And we use a tool called Sentry for that. We've used different things over the time, but like, like I know Alex and D, you know, and to some degree, everybody, you included watch that too. Because we can fix that stuff before it even becomes a ticket. Mm -hmm. You know, like a ticket is kind of like the worst case scenario. You know, if you see an app throw and there's a bug, we can can look at that and fix it before we ever even see a ticket about it. And that area is like pretty much clean. Like there's a ton of crap in Sentry because there always is. But a lot of it is like stuff we can't do anything about, stuff that's not a big deal, stuff that's, you know, I think everybody is kind of aware of that. If you were to go into Sentry right now, like begging to find work, you probably wouldn't find it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, Sentry has been very useful. We we used to use uh, something called Honey Badger uh, for, for error monitoring, but I find Sentry easier to use. It's much more 
much more user friendly. It's a lot easier to find incidents uh, in Central. I think we even had the honey badger fellas on this show at one time. Yeah, maybe. So like no shade, uh, no, good, yeah, good product, but well. I think we found some some betterness in Sentry. I can't remember why exactly, but their UI is certainly nice. Yeah, and I have a, a really easy time getting around in there, which is which is super nice. Um, yeah, Sentry has been very helpful. Um, the connection between Sentry and our Slack channel is, is also super useful because we can see stuff like, well, one time we, <laughs> we, we stopped a big spam flood by discovering something funny happening in Sentry. <laughs> Do you oh, remember nice. the... the um, the corn gambling spam flood. <laughs> mm. God, there's so many weird ones. Yeah, yeah, we managed to cut that one off with Sentry, so that was very helpful. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I just wanted to, <clears throat> you know, call attention to that because it truly was, and it had valuable stuff too because we've been, you know, we've been watching, we, we always watch carefully the, you know, any success metric we can for CodePen. Just a couple episodes ago, was Alex and I and on, we were talking about conflict stuff. And one of the stories that came up is that in the history of CodePen, we'd have to get together and do some degree of disaster planning. Not that we would, you know, announce that to all of you, but sometimes when we got together, that's what we had to do. We're like, look at revenue. It's not a disaster, but it's flat. Or there was a month where it trends down a little bit. Oh my God, what does trending down mean? We we cannot be caught off guard with too much trending downwards. If it stays like that, if we're unable to fix CodePen, there's you know steps we have to take to fix what happens there. That's not fun. <laughs> That's like the worst kind of planning you can do, but it's necessary to do. That We haven't had to do that in, in a long time. These changes aren't just like, cool, look at our front stats. They've had real impact on CodePen, the business, in a positive way. And, I, and it, last year was so... Sh- shaded by COVID because it's so easy to say, well, everybody's working from home and they need tools for working from home and and CodePen is kind of useful for, for people working from home or there's more people learning to code because that number is always going up or they want to switch careers to a career that is... Um, you know, more work from home friendly like coding and the, you know, the salaries for coding are so good that maybe people are trying to switch to that. And CodePen can be, you know, it's part of the free code camp curriculum, which is always growing. So there's kind of like, there's, you could point to COVID and said, COVID helped CodePen more than it hurt. But it's too late for that. Now. COVID's been around for a long time now. And I, I no longer believe that it's just COVID that had to do with this. I actually truly believe that it's these, because so to some degree you can never know because you can't like A-B test history. You know, mm-hmm. like there's no way to really know. I really believe that this, all this fixing of Copen is a bigger factor than the world situation. Yeah. But well, we see this, me. we see this when we examine uh, retention. Retention is the number here because er, to, to really think about here because it's like, uh, these were people who were with us before the pandemic began, we retained them through it and they are still here. And in addition to that, we gained new subscribers. This tells me it's more than just people had to use CodePen because of the coronavirus, which <laughs> that's yeah. not really the case. You know? um, it, it was something that we thought about at the beginning though. And we did see some, some changes at the very beginning. And it was like, you know, I mean, I, I, there is no silver lining to something like this. So it's like, it's hard to talk about that, you know? Yeah. We don't sell masks, you know, it's like a little abstract, you know, we're not really part of your workflow. 
it's just it's too abstract to really know not to mention we don't we don't have like a robust procedure of asking our customers why and how and where they came from and all that stuff for sign up like sometimes we do but that's not like unfortunately not right it's not it's not we don't have a lot of data on that permanently although that's something that we think about from time to time but you know i think i think things that we can point to that we know for sure are that we fixed problems with major features uh, especially pro features we fixed a lot of problems with projects uh, which is a which is a big pro feature um and reducing billing and the music all- yeah. yeah, reducing the support response time I think is helpful. I do think that it probably helps in a way that is not necessarily quantifiable, but just, you know, when people write in, they do they get a response. If they write in during a weekday, they'll get a response pretty much right away. Um and I do think that's helpful too. Um and you know, what we've also just like we've taken care of things that would kind of get in the way of people as they were starting to get used to using CodePen. Um one thing that that I would really like to point out as being very helpful in terms of like reducing support volume. And I also think just making the code pen experience better for people is, um, Alex fairly recently, uh, added a content security policy to the site. And that has completely changed how often we get tickets from people where, uh, a browser extension is interfering with their experience. We would, we were every single day having people, Try again in an incognito window. If it works for you in an incognito window, something's going on with one of your extensions. This was an every single day thing, usually multiple times a day, uh, because there are so many extensions out there and those extensions can wreak havoc on a page, especially like ours, where you're like adding your own code and stuff like that. That's so funny because it's like it should. I think it does block some extension stuff. And I get I totally understand that CSP would block all kinds of like third party BS mm-hmm. on sites. But extensions, I don't think CSV can fully block all interference of a page. I don't know, know like, if it blocks at all, but it is blocking a lot because I mean I yeah, was answering I mean, that kind of in the pudding. Yeah. yeah, I was answering that kind of ticket several times a day. And when people would get back to us, it was like, oh yeah, when I turned off my block everything <laughs> extension, it started working again. You know, um so right. It has been really great to basically lose that category of ticket because I say this all the time. There's probably a, you could probably make a hundred sound clips of me saying this, but when you get one ticket from one person, they represent an untold number of people who are experiencing that same problem, but just said, I don't care enough about this to do anything about it. I'm going to bounce, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So we, what do you think it is? A hundred? Oh, you know, I, at our scale, I don't know. You know, I used to I used to just say goofy things like ten, you know. But it's yeah, like, yeah, oh, it's just it a guess, but it changes with scale. Yeah, exactly. Know? And so we would have people who would probably get into a situation where they visit CodePen and like the code panels are all blank, or uh, every, the syntax highlighting is all weird, or nothing they do is working because they have a bunch of extensions or one particular extension that's getting in the way. That's not happening anymore. We're not getting tickets like that anymore. And that was a major change. Um, like the impact of that, we're going to see it when we do the full year over year comparison. Cause it was like right at the beginning of this year that it went in prior to that, that was the ticket coming in constantly and losing that ticket category is a huge part of how yeah. we have so few tickets now and how people are just having a good experience. We're not hearing about problems and people are not having problems. It's nice. Yeah. 
That really is nice. That's good. I like the idea of thinking of categories and trying to like nuke a whole category of ticket. Yes. Yeah. And that's That's pretty cool. That's something that we've, we've put work into. Like we've, we've, we've identified types of problems and we have kind of prioritized the different types of problems in different ways. Like some of it is, this is just causing a ton of tickets. Do something about this because we have so many people running into this or this is not causing a ton of tickets, but it's happening to pro members or it's happening to teams and we need to fix it and we need to make this easier for them. So, you know, categorizing and prioritizing problems that that customers are having is really important, you know, in terms of making the business work and making our members happy. Yeah, yeah. I think we've mentioned this before, but now now because we take tickets so seriously, that's like the golden way, you know, if you open a ticket, it's going to get fixed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so the, nice. We're, we've like refocused on that as a thing. Like, and I think that's great. Yeah. You know, and it used to be such a graveyard because it just felt different. It just felt like it felt insurmountable. And then we mounted it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we had, we had tickets that were, you know, I used to joke about, you know, these, these tickets were older than some of your children <laughs> because we would have. We would have three and four year old tickets that were just like, you know, we just we didn't have yeah. anything we could do about them. You they, know? Wow, that's too real. And, I don't I don't like so, it. <laughs> you know, we, we took care of the of the roadblocks that were standing in front of those tickets and, and we and we have really attacked the problems that were festering, you know, and, and each one of those problems had little medium problems related to them. And and you know. I don't know. I guess like I don't want to I don't want to pat myself on the back at all, but like I'm glad that I made it through this because that was a really frustrating time when we had tickets like that. Like to- Oh, I remember. You'd be like, "I've just resigned myself to I'm just going to apologize about this particular bug for the rest of my life." Yeah, exactly. And it's like that uh to be honest, that was, <laughs> that was a miserable state of affairs, you know, to be like, well, yeah, I'm just going to every day apologize to people because this is broken and I can't do anything about it. It's very Sisyphean, you know, it's like, I'm just going to roll that boulder forever. And so I, I persevered <laughs> through the boulder rolling and I'm glad I did because now they're fixed. And, and Yeah. Well, because it feels the same way on the other side. It's like, oh, I don't know, maybe there's some bug with Penz's resources or something. I, you know, that was certainly there was bugs related to that. And the answer was the system sucks mm-hmm. for this. You know, like the internal way that we wrote this is so confusing and complex that the edge cases for it are hard to root out. Mm-hmm. So that so trying to fight it was also Sisyphean or whatever, you know, yeah. like like we could fix one little part of it and break something else. There's probably another metaphor better for that. And the answer was, well, then rewrite it, you know, and the appetite for rewriting something like that just wasn't as high until last year, really, until it was like, yeah. OK, well, this is the new world. We're going to any bug. I really credit Alex for this, too. Any bug. I'm just going to just go to war against mm-hmm. it and win. Yeah. And, and that involved taking things really seriously and taking off our blinders in terms of issues that we were just like, all right, well, just ignore it forever. There's nothing that can be done. <laughs> you know, it, it's a, it was very refreshing. And honestly, I had to kind of relearn the job after that, after we put our heads together and decided we are going to fix things 
tell us when something is wrong and keep telling us when something is wrong, we will fix it. Like being told that and believing that uh, was, was really good for me because then I knew, you know, when I report something is wrong, it will get looked at, it will get worked on, and I can start telling people we fixed it. And that's a nice thing to be able to say. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Boy, don't people love that? Oh yeah, totally. And oh yeah, that thing nice. you reported, that was a real bug and it's literally fixed. Yeah, that that's something that's really great too. Is And I always like, it's funny because I, I get more excited when I see someone else get thanked for it because I just think it's so nice to kind of like spread that across the team. But like, mm-hmm. you know, um, when, when something gets fixed and someone gets the reply that it's been fixed and it's like been like two hours tops or something or like you know one day later we fixed something that seemed like a pretty big bug you know it's it's really great to hear back from people who are who are really excited to hear that because a lot of the time when you report a bug to a tech company it's just like you know it's just going into some dusty (laughs) issues board somewhere and they'll get to it when they get to it but you know we're closing the loop on these really quickly that's another little nice thing to mention actually is that we have that front integration with github so when it's when we have a front uh, ticket come in and we attach it to a GitHub issue. When that GitHub issue closes, it reopens the front ticket so we can get right back to the person and say, hey, yeah, we fixed our that. person, yeah. so it'll open all the tickets. Yeah, it, yeah exactly. Yeah. It'll open every single one that's tied to it. So that's great because it's super nice to be able to reach back out and be like, hey, we fixed it and let everyone know. Well, I love that feature too. It's like, it's like, it's like to me, it's like 20% janky for some reason. Like I don't love how it, the UI of it and stuff, but that particular aspect of it takes makes a, it. It does super. take a tiny bit of getting used to, but yeah, once once you get the the hang of it, the payoff is worth it. <laughs> it's, it's super cool. Yeah, cool. Well, we did it. That was that was probably, if anything, our best success story of the entire last year. I'd say I mean, because I it's agree. at the it's at the root <laughs> of anything else that's good. If you said, "Oh, revenue was the success story," well, you can't. That's that's the cause, or that's the effect, and this was the cause. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 been a really a really satisfying year at the support desk, and that I could not say that about maybe the last two three before it. <laughs> yeah, indeed. All right. Well, thanks, Marie. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye bye. Zero.